Time to get an update on what's going on at the Mill Museum, the Wyndham Textile and History Museum. My guest is the executive director of the museum, and that's Kira Holmes. Kira, good morning. Thanks for joining me for today. Staying busy down there at the museum? Of course, Wayne, and also thank you for having me on the show. As always, it's a pleasure. So, yes, it, we are staying busy. This is our usual season where we close temporarily to the public, but that doesn't mean that we aren't working on several different things. So what we're working on right now is getting our spring cleaning done early, doing our deep clean for the building. So we are not open right now to the public, but you still can contact us at info at millmuseum.org, and we'll answer questions, help with donations, and everything in between. We also have two fun cleaning days. So if anyone likes to clean and wash floors and see things sparkle, especially in a great historical building, we have these days on January 26th from 10 to 2 and January 29th, 10 to 4. Just email me at director at millmuseum.org, and we'd love to have you come in to to clean with us, to make us sparkle and shine, as well as we'll have some light food to offer. And if you haven't been to the Mill Museum before, I'll give you a brief tour, too, before you leave that day. Now, when does the museum actually reopen for showing of exhibits? February 10th, actually. And that is also going to be the soft launch of our Here All Along exhibit. Have you heard about that one yet? I think I'm about to. So, this exhibit is exploring the African-American experience in northeastern Connecticut, with an emphasis, of course, on Wyndham and Willimantic from 1600 to 1910, with an additional section relating to the 20th century. Have you possibly heard about uh, Jackson Street? Yeah, it's just uh, over there by Jilson Square, isn't it? Yes, but do you ever wonder how it got its name? Every day I think about that, Kara. How did it get its name? (laughs) So there was a couple, an African-American couple who lived in town. And my understanding, because Jamie's the one who's done all the research for this exhibit, he's our curator for it. But my understanding is that Lyman Jackson was at least a good citizen in town and favored and stuff like that. And how they named streets sometimes was where somebody lived. So their last name was Jackson. So it was Lyman and Clarissa Jackson. And that's how we got Jackson Street for the name of the street. So I'm sure, too, that you're here all along. Exhibit is being booked in February because February is Black History Month. Well, yes, but it's also the first time that we're open for 2023, too. And this exhibit's going to have a five-month, possibly six-month run. It's going to be at least five months. We might extend it. And we're just really excited to do this story. We've been doing the research for a while and been trying to do all these different things around it. We're actually going to make an African-American tour to school group tour. And we're working with some people in the communities, the local and regional community for that. So we're really excited. But also the fun part about this exhibit, too, is we are looking we got a grant for it. So we got a quick grant from Connecticut Humanities for $1,410. And that's so that way we can also have a lecture with this, put the exhibit together. We're going to digitize it afterwards. We're, We're so excited for all the different opportunities that are coming with this exhibit. How does a quick grant differ from a normal grant? I've never heard of a quick grant before. 
Uh, so a quick grant means that you have a limited amount of time for that project. It's not like a year-long grant. It's usually about six months. And you need to make sure you have, like any grant, you have to have it well planned out. But you have a certain amount of time to do it, and it is dedicated for a specific project. But you still need money to keep the ship afloat at the Mill Museum, and you put out a request to Wyndham Businesses to help sponsor your events coming up in February. Tell me about that. Yes, so that's specifically for this exhibit as well. What we are planning to do is get sponsors. We have actually already Not Your Ordinary Juice in town who's already sponsored the exhibit. And what happens is if you sponsor for $60, your logo goes onto uh, one of our panels. We have about 12 panels going in this exhibit. And again, it's going to have a five-month run. So your logo is going to be featured. After the exhibit is done, it will be featured on our website as well for the virtual exhibit of this when we're done. And then we have another sponsorship that's essentially $100 to sponsor. You get a free book with it. You get some passes to the museum. And, again, your logo is going to be featured on signage. And anyone who sponsors, too, is also going to be able to attend our opening, our wonderful opening on the 24th uh, for free. So what I mean by that is the reception in our main building is free, but to see the exhibit, you will have to pay a small fee. But if you sponsor, you don't have to do that. So there's many different perks in order to sponsor for this exhibit, and it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, a couple things on that. Uh, give the name of your business sponsorships. I think the names of your sponsorships are very appropriate. <laughs> so the names for our sponsorships is a linen for $60 and a velvet sponsor for $100. I like that. Now, I'm confu- a little confused here because the exhibit opens on February the 10th here all along, but you have an opening reception on February the 24th in Museum Talk. What's the difference? So the opening we set back because it's going to be uh, Val- Valentine's weekend and President's Day and everything. And we wanted to make sure to have time uh, for people to actually be able to come for the opening. Also, it's romantic, willomantic. And we have the Chocolate Festival coming back this year. So we wanted to make sure to do the opening a little later so that way people could be there for the opening. And how is the Mill Museum taking part in the Chocolate Festival? So we are going to have some free chocolate treats at the Mill Museum on that day. It will be regular general admission, $10 for adults, 7 for seniors, children, and students. So we'll have some chocolate treats at the counter. You can also explore our exhibit here all along. Uh, We will be closing, though, at 3 p.m. that day because, on top of that, we are going to be having our sweetheart dance at the Willimantic Elks Club that night from 7 to 11 p.m. So I know everyone misses a snowball, and I hope to bring it back soon. But in the meantime, this is what we're going to have for this year is the sweetheart dance. And we're really excited to have people put on their dancing shoes, come out with their sweetheart or their friends, and dance the night away with us. And who provides the music? That is going to be Patty and 
I apologize. I might say her name wrong. I can fill in before you say it. Patty Tewitt. Yes, the sister of our pal John Tewitt here. Great local musician, and she'll be performing at the Sweetheart Dance at the Willimantic Elks Club. What's the timetable on how you want people to get tickets for that event? All right, so it's $30 per, t- per ticket, and you have two options. You can either buy it on our website, which is www.millmuseum.org, and go to our current events page, or you can send a check through the mail. <clears throat> Preferably, we want you to do that by February 5th, just so that way we have a count. But, of course, you know, if you miss it by a day or two, We'll be flexible. We just want to have everyone come out and have a great time and dance and enjoy and spend time with friends and, you know, get out. It's the winter. We want to have some fun, right? Carrie, you talked about the uh, snowball. It was a big event that used to be held at the town halls, really. I mean, people were really dressed up for that. This sweetheart dance coming up on Saturday, February 11th, is that the first year? Is this the first year that the Mill Museum has done this, or did you do it recently or maybe the last couple of years? Uh, this is the first year that we've had a dance again in any form, unfortunately, since Snowball because of COVID. So we're really excited to have some fun and get out there and do this dance. And we think it's going to be a great way to reconnect with everybody. And uh, if you've been to the Elks Club, the Willimantic Elks Club, it's beautiful inside. We're going to be in their hall on the first floor. And... <clears throat> We have a great stage, dancing floor. We're really, we are thanks to Willimantic Elks Club so much for this partnership. <laughs> Another spin-off event, that's a bit of a pun, on the activities of the Mill Museum is a spinning bee, a drop-in spinning bee on February 25th. What is a spinning bee, Kara, and how does it work? So a spinning bee is actually, we have a, uh, Peggy Church, who is a master weaver, and she comes in and she brings her wheel and you actually spin on it. We also have some wheels in there that you can use if you do not have your own. This is basically having fun, networking, but also learn. you can learn how to spin or if you are a master spinner, <clears throat> just join everybody. It's a lot of fun. We do request that you have your COVID vaccinations for this one. And please, if you could contact Peggy Church at PeggyChurch2 at gmail.com, just so she knows how many people. And also in case it's icy that day, she can let you know if we're opening late or et cetera. Hopefully we won't have any of those days. The weather has been very peculiar this year, but we're really excited to have drop-in spinning bees back. So. And Peggy will also be having a Learn to Weave event at the Mill Museum on March the 12th. Tell me more about that. Yes, so Peggy teaches weaving. And how this works is you sign up for it. It is an eight-week class. Uh, She is flexible where sometimes she might have you come in a different day, depending on if it's a holiday. And if you have never weaved before, it's $240 plus $30 for the book. If you have taken this class before, you do not have to pay for the book. And you are, again, required to wear masks and COVID vaccinations. But uh, I've seen them do this a few times. It's really amazing to watch the loom work and everything and see the patterns. And it's just a great experience. And also the other fun thing, too, is as long as we are open, if you want to weave in between classes, you're welcome to do so. We have our little weaving room on the second floor, so it's really exciting. 
And lastly, one really cool thing that you're involved with right now at the Mill Museum, doing some research into your grandmother. There's a story behind that. Tell me about it. So my grandmother came straight from Germany. She was originally in Bad Baden-Walsa, which was East Germany at that time. And she grew up during World War II. So she was actually in Germany during the bombings. Uh, she was born in 1931 on January 30th. And her story is how she got out of East Germany, got into West Germany, and actually went to Scotland for a little while, and then made it back to West Germany and then to U.S. I don't want to give you too many details because I'm putting everything together, and I want you guys to come to the lecture and everything else that I make from that. But it's really a wonderful, fascinating story, and she was first generation from Germany, which means I am technically third generation. Well, there are people who have relatives overseas, especially Europe, but any part. And they might be curious right now, Kira, how you research that stuff. What resources do you use to find out about somebody born in the 1930s in Germany? So I actually have um, some passports from her that give dates, as well as I have an application uh, for naturalization card. I have a lot of stuff because she actually held on to this in her apartment. I also have stories from family members who are still alive. I'm going to be digging through letters. So this is not going to be something you're going to see right away. This is probably, I'm hoping, summer or fall of 2023. It's something I'm working on, but I'm putting together the stories based on oral histories, based on actual artifacts, and based on uh, <clears throat> archives, too, or what I consider archives with letters. So. But from the bigger picture, one thing that you want to do with the Mill Museum is have people tell immigrant stories that go beyond the mills. And I'm sure you got some people in this part of the world who have some stories to tell. What's your message to them? My message to them is please uh, reach out to me at director at millmuseum.org. We want to tell your stories. Uh, the Mill Museum is a perfect place to tell immigrant stories with essentially employing immigrants since the beginning of the mills. So those stories would also be incorporated into the exhibit you're working on about your grandmother? Well, I'm working on more of a lecture series than an exhibit, but we'll see how it turns out by the end of it. I, there's definitely going to be a really fun lecture for people. Sounds good. The Mill Museum closed temporarily now, as every year at this time, they close to the public for an annual deep cleaning, maintenance, and other projects. And they open in February with the opening reception for the Here All Along exhibit on February the 24th. Kira, good to catch up with you. Keep us updated. Thanks for checking in. Thank you, and thank you to the community and everybody for sponsoring and Paggio Trust, the town of Wyndham, and yourself, Wayne, my board members, and fellow staff. The Mill Museum appreciates all of you. Oh, you're so welcome. Kira Holmes doing a great job as the executive director of the Mill Museum. 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.